Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Burntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Burntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. Everybody, before we get started, ah, we're gonna tell you some stuff. <laughs> we That's are in the episode. That's Woo! right. Uh, yo, last week we brought you a special episode where we shared a handful of what is a growing mountain of ways in which you are all giving back. We will say it again and again. We are so thankful to be in your ears right now and to feel the warmth of this community. We also began a grassroots campaign to help connect small gifts of money from those in our community who have it. To those in our community who need it. We have so far been able to donate over a thousand dollars of your donated funds to those who have asked for small gifts to support buying groceries, paying rent, and just, you know, accomplishing other needs. Um, we've also sold over 50 special edition Just Keep Fighting t-shirts from which all of the profits will cycle back into our community in the form of those small, basically you can request between $25 and $100. Uh, they're not real grants, but we can call them that. I've been calling them gifts. Uh, and so we're just going to keep that cycle going. Uh, incredibly, but maybe not surprisingly, the amount that is coming in is nearly exactly what is being requested. One of the small Scooby miracles that will make me get something in my eye if I think about it too hard. You can learn where to give support and where to ask for support at bufferingthevampireslayer.com slash just keep fighting. Yes. Um, Jenny, a segment that we have not done in some time that I think might lift everyone's spirits even further from this wonderful exchange of funds here at Buffering the Vampire Slayer is maybe um, the next installment of my story, The Death of Old Man Seaver in Spooky News. Okay, so we ended the last installment with a mysterious uh, voice <laughs> singing uh, to the tune of Row, Row, Row Your Boat. Kill, kill, kill the men who took my life away. Merrily, right, of course. Merrily, merrily take their lives today. Um, that was right after 20 dead bodies had fallen from the ceiling. So sure, that's right, where we are. Um, if you're just tuning in to this spooky news, this is a little podcast duckin' as we call it. It's um, a reading of a scary story that I wrote when I was 11. So we continue. Scary story in quotes. Yeah, yeah. And we'll do, uh, I'll, I'll stitch them all together once I um, get to the end so that if you want to listen to it as one story, you may. But for now... Uh, just a quick uh, refresher slash setup follow up question. Mm -hmm. These twenty dead bodies, they didn't fall out of the attic. They just fell out of the ceiling. Pretty did they fall through a hole. No, I, it's not clear. Um, they just fell. Okay, it should be clear to you though. Right? Oh no, they didn't. Like, they didn't feel that they didn't fall through the ceiling. They actually, it just says they fell from the top floor. Um, oh, okay. 
So, so perhaps down some stairs. I think perhaps down some stairs. And I that's because I know something that happens later in the story that oh, leads me okay. to believe that. So I don't want to spoil I don't want to spoil anything. Okay. So <laughs> I like how things lead you to believe you like you don't have certainty. Yes. <laughs> the story that you have total control over. <laughs> so okay, so right. So the a group of girls are telling a story about a house in their neighborhood that this the narrator now lives in. It's called the death of old man Seaver. We You've learned a few things. You can go back to the former episodes and listen to them if you missed it. But this is why you shouldn't miss a single episode. Jenny, are you ready for what happens after that creepy voice sings merrily, merrily, merrily take their lives today? I don't know if I'm ready, but I'm trying to be. Okay. When the police returned downstairs, they found Mr. Seaver laying dead on the floor. Ah, the titular moment. The death of old man (laughs) Seaver. His cousin was nowhere to be found. The police left immediately and contacted the hospital, the firemen, and even more policemen, including the chief of the FBI. They took old... (laughs) (laughs) They took... The chief? The chief. The chief of the FBI. So they took old Mr. Seaver away, sold the house. I didn't know police could do that. And everything was supposedly settled. (laughs) On every Friday the 21st, though, the screams are heard loud and clear as a bell. She ended the story. I believe it was Tanya telling the story. Okay. Uh, but why? Friday the 21st, everyone asked in unison. Ah, Tanya said. <laughs> because that was the day of old Mr. Seaver's death, she said in a make-believe spooky voice. What's today? I asked, horrified. Uh, <sighs> today's Thursday the 13th, Keisha said, relieved. Ah! Uh, Tanya screamed loud enough to shake the whole house. What? We all screamed at the same time. If today is Thursday the 13th, next Thursday will be the 20th and Friday will be the 21st. Oh my God, you're right. Listen to me, okay? Keisha, Heather, and Tanya will sleep over my house on Friday. Marissa and Leah will camp out next to my house. And Freddie, Yasmin, and Lisi will stay here, okay? I said it all in one breath. Okay, they said, and our mission began. Camp out? Well, that's like, I mean, I assume that like if something happens to them, I think it's a good, like personally, Jenny, like I think it's a great plan because I think probably what the narrator's reasoning is, is if something happens to them inside the house, they have people outside the house who could maybe help, you know, I'm just saying. Of course. Yeah, no, that's good. That's good. All right. Well, I'm going to save. There's a good amount that happens at the end of the story. And I think I might just save it all for the last installment just to really drive it home. Um, Sure. Backloaded finale. Yeah. I'm going to leave the chief of the FBI and uh, all of the weekday math that just happened in your brains. I hope you're <laughs> sufficiently spooked. Uh, and that has been today's Spooky News. Spooky News. Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, speaking of majestic narratives... And magical worlds where anything is possible. Uh, It's time for me to remind you that on Saturday, April 4th at 1 p.m. Pacific slash 4 p.m. Eastern, I will be going live uh, for a hang on Facebook Live to talk about season one of Xena, Warrior Princess. Mm, So exciting. Uh, I'm so jazzed about it. Uh, I've been watching ferociously and uh, noting many, many things that um, 
perhaps inspired the people making Buffy uh, from this show. Uh, so please join me if that is the kind of thing that you like, and I think it is. Um, if you're one of our patrons, this is a uh, Patreon, all patron hang, and uh, I will be telling it like it is, learning from you, I'm sure, and uh, there will be much, much, much to discuss. So please, if you're going to join me and you don't want to be spoiled, watch season one of Xena, Warrior Princess. Yes. Okay. And Jenny, did you say that was on Facebook Live? You might have set it up at the top, but I just want to make sure everyone knows it is in the secret Facebook group. Um, something the that is... Secret Facebook group. <laughs> something that is living inside of our Patreon directly right now is a brand new podcast that I'm doing with Joanna Robinson. <laughs> it's... Uh, <laughs> A podcast called Feels Like the First Time, where I watch movies that I've never seen that pretty much everyone else in the world has seen for the first time. We do two installments, one where I predict what will happen, and then one where, <laughs> I, where I talk about all of the things I was either wrong or correct about. Um, the first Great. installment we're about to finish up was Lord of the Rings. Um, I thought The Return of the King was going to be Frodo's dad, and I just have to say that no one has proved to me yet that Aragorn is not Frodo's dad. So we will talk about that in the next episode. Um, you can get that podcast on our Patreon if you're a $2 patron or higher. And you can also get it if you're a patron of The Storm, which is patreon.com slash storm of spoilers. So those are places you can have fun with that. Also, if you were a supporter of ours at $10 or higher, you're used to getting mailbag episodes. Um, We started a new little series for those humans. Jenny, what is it called? Uh, it's called Rewatch. <laughs> <laughs> I've I'm asked sorry. Jenny to make us an official theme song. That nope, is just, it's just going to be that. That's just, just going to be that every right, time. Exactly. Live. So, hello, live every time. Great. Um, That's right. Basically, we are going through some of our favorites uh, from seasons one, two, three, and maybe even four, uh, <laughs> which wasn't a dig on season four. It's just I feel we just talked <laughs> about it. Um, so we just talked about season three, episode 14, Bad Girls. Uh, that episode will be going up pretty soon for $10 plus patrons, and it was... It was a lot of fun reliving. Uh, yeah, it was really nice and nice to talk about it without, um, you know, having to hold our tongues uh, regarding yeah. anything that was yet to come. Yeah, exactly. We did a lot of mayor conversation because we could talk about the whole yeah. arc within this episode. Oh, yeah. So that was fun. Yes. Um, listen, speaking of holding our tongues, do you want to... <laughs> them oh my god listen maybe i should handle the sexual <laughs> tension award segue i don't know i think that was pretty great <laughs> all right well i'll take it i'm here to tell you that we've got some results some hot 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 results from blood ties uh i can't believe it i can't it's magical believe it it's magical I, this is this is so special. Are you ready? <laughs> there, there's one tie and one almost tie, and it's all it all feels so right. Mm -hmm. Okay, so Anya and Xander the fireman, and Anya and Xander the shepherd, a dead even tie, each claiming ten percent of the vote, which means that Anya and Xander got twenty percent of the vote, which is not too shabby <laughs> for a pairing with Xander in it. So proud, so happy for everyone. You know, you dress him up as somebody else and people are more inclined to vote for him. Oh, I'm just kidding, Xander. We're in season five. Oh, <laughs> my goodness. Okay. In, I guess, second place then, but barely with 39% of the vote, it's Giles and Joyce. Mm -hmm. So a close. A pairing we love to see. And then just nosing out ahead, 
just b- leading by one seam. It's Glory and her silk dress with 41% of the vote. <laughs> Congratulations. Uh, we will mail both you, Glory, and your dress, your trophies. Yeah, we're going to need that dress's uh, mailing address. Also, uh, obviously, it's new- Ben's Locker, JKJK, Sunnydale Hospital. <laughs> <laughs> right, right, right. Of course, yeah. that's where we'll be delivering it. Also, more good news about Glory and her love of silk. We will be back next week with Kristen's interview with Claire ah, Kramer Plus. Mm-hmm. The week after that, We'll be back with I Was Made to Love You. Plus, the week after that, we'll have a public mailbag for everyone in the main feed. Wow. Yeah. Oh, so heads up. If you want to send us some emails, now's a great time. Buffering the Vampire Slayer at gmail.com uh, because we'll be stuffing them into the main feed for that special mailbag episode for all. Uh, also, speaking listen. of stuffing them into the main feed, it's time for the sexual tension award okay. results. It isn't because you already did them. <laughs> and I'm sorry, but if you're not quick enough on the uptake with your transitions, I'm going to get in there and do some myself. So. Unbelievable. I must guard my sacred transitions. (laughs) Okay, one more thing. I think all of you will be really delighted to hear this. One of our amazing listeners, Clary, I hope I'm pronouncing that name right, Clary, wrote to us with a brilliant idea saying, quote, I'm a high school senior who will likely not be having a graduation ceremony this year. I imagine a number of your other listeners are also high school or college seniors who are very unlikely to have graduation ceremonies themselves. I was just listening to your episode today, and I was wondering if you might think about hosting a watch of graduation day about around the time when we would usually have had graduation. This isn't the biggest problem people are facing right now by far, but a lot of people are struggling with not being able to celebrate the years of work we've done. I'm certainly feeling a little lost. I've been at my school for seven years, and graduation is a really big deal for us. Famously, high school is hell, and I think we'd all be cheered by a little celebration as we leave it, or college. I'm hoping that's not hell or a tinfoil pit. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, And after we sobbed and wept a whole bunch, we, of course, immediately made some plans. Mm -hmm. Many of you are missing proms, including ours that was rescheduled for late summer, and graduations, and Buffy... Thoughtful, sweet, gentle Buffy has given us both ceremonies in demonic, wonderful, episodic formats. So please, hopeful graduates and prom goers and everyone else, mark your calendars. Saturday, April 18th at 1 p.m. Pacific, 4 p.m. Eastern, we will be watching Buffy's Season 3, Episode 20, The Prom, together. And Saturday, May 16th at 11 a.m. Pacific, 2 p.m. Eastern, we will be watching Buffy's Season 3, Episode 21 and 22, Graduation Day, Parts 1 and 2, together. Oh, so exciting. These will probably be hosted on our Instagram live, but Jenny and I are going to work out the best way to coordinate for the largest group of humans possible. Please know that these will both be open to everyone. They're free of charge and we'll put more details up as we have them. We encourage you if you're participating in either or both to wear your prom gear to prom, to wear your graduation caps if you have them or if you make them to graduation Mm -hmm. and take lots of selfies. We can all do this together as the community that we are. It's going to be great. More to come on all of this. But for now, Jenny, I think it's time for a pretty big episode. Season 5, episode 14, Crush. Hooray! (laughs) 
Hello, and welcome to Buffering the Vampire Slayer, a podcast where we are watching and discussing every episode of Buffy the Vampire Slayer, one by one, spoiler free. I'm Jenny Owen Youngs. And I am Kristen Russo. And holy hell, this week we are talking about season five, episode 14, Crush. Stay tuned at the end of this podcast every other week for an original song written by Jenny, recapping the Buffy episode we are discussing. And listen, if you aren't already listening to our in tandem Angel Watch called Angel on Top, hosted by Brittany Ashley and Laura Zach, now is the time. Today is the day. Truly, I mean, this episode contains some significant crossover business, and you might not be up to speed on mm-hmm. what exactly is going on if you're not uh, in with the ladies over there. Tis true. Crush was written by David Fury, directed by Dan Atias, or perhaps Dan Atias, or perhaps some other pronunciation that's not <laughs> occurring to me, and originally aired on February 13th, 2001. Oh, everybody was getting their Valentines all ready to mail or hand out in kindergarten, mm-hmm. depending on how old uh-huh. you are. <laughs> but <laughs> this is the one, according to IMDb, where Buffy learns that Spike has a crush on her, a situation made all the more dangerous by Drew Silla's return mm-hmm. to Sunnydale. And if you think you're going to get that jingle in this episode, you're correct at least one time. Hell yeah. Okay, so listen. Yeah. A band called Summer Camp is playing at the Bronze. Oh, I'm so glad that you know the first band because I know the second band. Perfect. (laughs) A great team. Uh, The Bronze has uh, done some remodeling post-Troll, and they have come up with a terrible new logo. Terrible. Horrible. Somebody needs to talk to the Bronze graphic designer. (laughs) It's exactly the sort of logo that would happen in 2001 when um, a popular place that was doing everything right already had to ruin it. Yeah, exactly. It's like the the original Bronze logo is time. It's a timeless classic. You don't change Uh that. But but you're right. Like this, the early aughts were all about changing things that need not be changed uh, and making them worse <laughs> and making them worse <laughs> um I actually forgot why the bronze had closed like I was just like where are we and like why did the bronze close and then so I um read a description and was reminded that Olaf of course was Olaf was here yes Olaf was see that's what they th- if they wanted to rebrand they could have said like the bronze same logo colon Olaf was here you know that would have been fun <laughs> Yes. Uh, Anya, listen, everyone has amazing fashion in this episode, so much so that Kate Leth is going to be here later in the episode with quite, a, I, I think it's one of her best fashion watches uh, of, of all time. She has so much to talk it's about. It's like the odyssey of fashion watches. <laughs> Truly. Um, and the first note that I had about fashion was actually this pink, pink sequined Anya. I thought it was a shirt, but I think it's actually a dress. It's quite something. She looks great. She also dances like somebody who was trapped inside a genie's bottle for many years Aww. and then like shaken very vigorously and then released. Do you, do you think that um, when Anya was a vengeance demon, she didn't get to dance? So this is kind of like she is genie that was in a bottle and shaken and released. Like, do you think this is like all the I dancing? think that she probably danced, but not in like a joyful way. Mm, okay. Um the opposite of joy is happening for Spike, who has learned that in addition to the horrible rebranding of the bronze, they no longer serve his favorite meal, the Bloomin' Onion, which I think he calls the Flowerin' Onion. 
he does cauliflower and onion because I think Bloom and Onion might be copyrighted. Copyrighted? I'm not sure. Is it like an Applebee's um, term or a Friday or a uh, Outback. Outback. Ah, um, uh, yes. We're gonna need to talk about Spike Khaki Edition. He <laughs> Spike has got he's got some really great strategy going on in this episode, to my mind. Um, I think he's like. There is part of him that's like, got to look nice for Buffy. Right. But he's also, there's something going on where he's like, okay, so what I know so far is Buffy's dated two guys. <laughs> one of them is a vampire. Already got that on lock. Check. The other one wears a lot of earth tones. So why don't I try that? Put the two things together, uh, everything you want in one place, mm -hmm. and then maybe that'll work. Yeah. I like the idea of like this being like the modified Ken doll. You know, it's like Spike. And yes. then it's like, you know, Goofy Spike, that time that Spike had to wear Xander's clothes. And then this is like yeah. tacky Spike. The last, <laughs> the last time, the only other time we've seen him in Earth Tones, except oh, right one time he wore an initiative um, right. army guy outfit. Right. Oh, wow. Listen, we could do a whole podcast just on the, the fashion sure. of Spike. So other facts we gather at the rebranded bronze, the rebronze, if you will, is that... No. <laughs> you will not? Uh, you, you will I not. Will. But, I will. I will. I okay. will. <laughs> um, Willow is still suffering from headaches from the teleportation of glory, uh, which makes sense. And we get a, a great, uh, which I think, I mean, I'm just guessing that we might get some fun play with this Glory Ben situation uh, for, for some episodes. And we get something fun here where um, let's just all call, let's not call her Glory. Let's not say the name. We can just call her. And then Buffy spots Ben across the room and is like, Ben. <laughs> so in case you, like, yes, <laughs> in case you've forgotten. Ben is Glory, Glory is Ben. Ben is Glory, Glory is Ben. In case you forget, I'll say it again. Ben is Glory and Glory is Ben. So Buffy's talking to Ben and she's like, hey. Oh, doing that classic clothes. Sarah Michelle Gellar flirty giggle. She's so good at it. Uh -huh, uh -huh, uh -huh. Uh, very exciting that Ben has non-scrubs clothing. Mm -hmm. And also uh, Buffy's like, my sister told me what happened at the hospital. <laughs> you see the beads of sweat start to form on <laughs> Ben's forehead as he begins his eyes widen and he looks like a deer in headlights mm -hmm. and she's like and thanks thanks for taking care of her thanks a lot no additional discussion no like hey did you see like a very strong blonde woman right attacking right. my sister or <laughs> anything no no follow-up that you would expect <laughs> um, maybe she's distracted by flirting unknown i think so and you know who else is across the rebronze uh, distracted by flirting it is uh, our peroxide pal, Spike, who sees them giggling, laughing, being all wonderful. And he is very unhappy. He's very unhappy, um, which is which is really too bad because he was just riding high moments ago when he stole Xander's change <laughs> off the waitress <laughs> tray. <laughs> and uh, now, now Xander's trying to get his change back and Spike can't even... <laughs> fully engage with him. He's so distracted by what's going on across the bronze. Right. And now, okay, so before we get to the credits, we go to this kind of quick scene. I spent a lot of time rewinding and freeze framing this scene when we go to the train station, Jenny, and I will tell you why. 
Because, because I think that the sign on the Sunnydale train station, if you are from Santa Barbara and heaven forbid, you are a part of the uh, former mayor's crew of Santa Barbara who had a binder full of proof that Santa Barbara was Sunnydale. I am so sorry, but I think that there may be some counter evidence on the Sunnydale train station sign. I can't read it clearly, but from what I gather, the sign said Sunnydale Elevation, 1,182. Miles to San Francisco, 682. I will tell you what, folks. Santa Barbara is 326 miles away from San Francisco. The elevation Mm. is lower, though I'll give, you know, there's probably places where the elevation is higher nearby. So I just feel that it's important Mm. that we bring this evidence in. And if you have the time... Perhaps you're working from home. Um, Perhaps you're finding that you have less to do in the evenings. And I'm just saying, if you want to just try to give us some second guesses on what could be 682 miles from San Francisco, very much like Santa Barbara at an elevation of 1182, please Mm. write into us, bufferingthevampireslayer at gmail.com. The saga continues. Very interesting. Thank you. Okay. So this train rolls into the Sunnydale Depot. This is the first time we've ever seen it, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. And the receiver is like really put off by the fact that no one's getting off the train. Usually it's the last stop on the line. Usually there's a few stragglers. Mm-hmm. So he climbs up into the car and mm. what lo, what does he see but dead bodies everywhere. And it's a mess. And I just want to say, like, obviously we don't know who we're dealing with right off the bat. <laughs> no pun intended. But we do know <laughs> that it's Drew by the, you know, middle of the episode, end of the episode. And I just don't think Drew is this messy. She doesn't strike me as like just scattering blood everywhere when she eats. I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. You know, I think she contains multitudes. That's true. That's actually very true. I love this. uh, Once the the receiver catches sight of something on the train and makes a run for it, Mm -hmm. we get him running down the aisle and then the exterior of the train shot where he almost makes this classic... Horror movie, Jurassic Park, yank back. <laughs> His hat actually flies off. Which oh, I was it does? I don't really think beautiful. Yeah, that's great. Really beautiful touch. Um, he just like gets yanked back in so hard. You almost think like I would imagine that when you watch it for the first time, like you're definitely not thinking Drew and you almost are thinking like some other kind of like animal, right? It's like like a totally like an octopus. Beyond or something. vampire. Yeah. <laughs> Did you say octopus? I did. <laughs> yeah, that checks out. Like tentacles, you know, like like the mm-hmm. like that kind of um demon beast. Beastie, like a beastie with tentacles is all I'm saying. Yeah. 100 percent Mm-hmm. Okay, so uh, cut to Buffy's house where Buffy is wearing a fucking like gold lame coat that I cannot and I will not. I'm going to save it because Kate, I'm sure we'll touch on it. Um, but uh-huh. it is quite something. And we get this really great exchange between uh, Joyce and Giles, who sadly did not win <laughs> the Sexual Attention Awards last time. But I mean, I'm just going to keep putting them in for an award here yes. um, because it's Joyce, Giles, and Don hanging out. And Joyce is basically like, Buffy, thank God you're home. I didn't feel I safe. I was really not feeling safe while you were away. <laughs> and then there's like, just long enough, just long enough. And Buffy's eyes dart over to Giles and Joyce is like, <laughs> 
taking the cue and it's just like oh yeah yeah, yeah. And, th- and then I remembered Rupert was here and I felt much better <laughs> oh, so that's fun and I love the increase of time being spent between Joyce and Giles um hoping that things are perhaps on their way to rekindling and perhaps. I will say that um I watched this episode a couple of times and it, I didn't get maybe this is so obvious to everyone else but the scene um ends with Buffy being like yo uh Giles like we're being really easy on Dawn should we do that and he's like no of course not like the the more weird you are around her the less she's going to be able to feel normal like be the same big sister to her that you've always been and so you know Buffy like spins on her fucking heels and she's like Dawn (laughs) (laughs) um and she's like you you took my clothes you took my blue cashmere sweater and what I did not piece together until like many times through was oh right Dawn really did not take Buffy's blue no. cashmere sweater. Spike no, took no. Buffy's blue mm-hmm. cashmere sweater that we will see in the next scene, perhaps my favorite scene in the episode. Great. Yes. Here it is. Cut to Spike fondling the sweater <laughs> as Harmony asks him to come to bed and tire her out. <laughs> <clears throat> Sometimes I pause just to see if you will make it through the sentence and how you yeah. will journey through it. So well, <laughs> yeah. So <laughs> Spike's not interested, and also he's so mean to Harmony. He is. He's hor- he's been really wretched to Harmony. But I think that there's something about the fact that he is trying so hard to be like a quote good guy um, that makes it so starkly contrasted with how shitty he is to fucking Harmony in this episode. Yeah. Um, because I, obviously we weren't like down with it before, but it felt it felt more in line with like where he was as a character. And so now it's just like I think for me it draws a really um, thick line underneath like obsession versus love for Spike, right? Uh-huh. Because it's it's so um, volatile and it's so singularly focused um, and it's so mm-hmm. like kill everybody else if it means I get the girl um, kind of energy. So before we get into all of that though, Jenny, uh, so they decide to play uh, to Harmony to her credit, keeping her relationship healthy. You know, she's like, what can I, what can I do? to bring the passion that we need into our dynamic. Maybe we could play a game, Spike. So I would like... (laughs) (laughs) Um, I would really like to play the um, role-playing Harmony, uh, Harmony as Buffy here, uh, what she says to Spike (laughs) before Spike tackles her because it works. Okay, ready, go. Oh, I'm going to stake you. I'm coming after you, you bad, evil vampire, and I'm gonna slay you. I'm sneaking up, and I'm gonna stake you so much with my slaying powers that I have because I'm the chosen (laughs) Oh, Spike. Oh my God. Just delightful. I mean, I like it. Sometimes I get so overwhelmed because I watch these episodes by myself. You know, I'm like taking notes. I'm currently watching at my parents' house. So I'm like watching on my laptop with my headphones. And I don't really have anybody around me to be like, oh, my fucking God. And it takes a lot for me to like actually act as though there's someone else in the room with me. And this scene got me there where I was just like looking to my left and my right. Like, are you seeing this? (laughs) (laughs) This is my favorite thing ever. (laughs) 
Okay. Can we talk about this next freaking scene? Yeah. I have some questions. This is, this is the most, it's like, here's the nail. Here is the hammer. Thwap, thwap, thwap. Buffy, Willow, and Tara are coming out of class where they have apparently been assigned to read The Hunchback of Notre Dame. And Willow's like, oh, I wish that Quasimodo could have ended up with Esmeralda. And Mm -hmm. then Tara says it couldn't end well because all of Quasimodo's actions were selfishly motivated. Mm -hmm. He had no moral compass, no understanding of right. Everything he did, he did out of love for a woman who'd never be able to love him back. And if that wasn't on the nose enough for you, she adds, you can tell it won't have a happy ending when the main guy's all bumpy. Yes, cut all to, bumpy. Cut to our vision of bumpy Spike. But so I have questions about this because obviously, yes, this is um, a true true underline. And like the the things that Tara lays out when it comes to overlaying them on Spike, I think are spot on. Spike's motivations mm-hmm. are selfish. Um, Spike's face is bumpy, um, mm-hmm. and Buffy is never going. He has to, no moral compass. Right, he has no moral compass, et cetera, et cetera. I have to say that I am um, not in the perfect state to ask these questions because I've never. read read The Hunchback of Notre Dame. Um, I, I read up on it because I was curious. And I I just would love, and Jenny, maybe you have um, read it and have some more to say here. But it, to me, I feel confused about the the parallel between Quasimodo and Spike. Um, because Quasimodo, from what I gather, is like this imprisoned, um, enslaved, essentially, character um, who is, you know, ca- called unlovable because of deformities, um, amongst other things. And this is why, like, I wish I had read it because I don't have, like, a critical analysis here. But I have I, I have pause because from what I read, I'm like, is this a parallel or is this, like, is Quasimodo and the story of Quasimodo a lot more complicated than um, than we're seeing with Spike, where it's like pr- Spike's story is complicated, but not when it comes to like he won't he's not lovable because he's deformed or his motivations are compromised because, you know, he's been sort of like trapped in a tower. Um, so, I, Jenny, do you have any more on this on the story on the actual story of Quasimodo? I know pretty much nothing. The mm. one thing that is popping into my mind that you didn't say is that he's imprisoned in the tower, but also I think he's just sort of like been gaslit his entire life by some man of the cloth Mm -hmm. who has kind of shaped his, his worldview. But I unfortunately don't know very much right. at all. And so, I, like, listeners, so, yeah, listeners. So I would really love to, um, we have a public mailbag coming up um, where we're going to put a mailbag in the main feed. And so I would love for this to be like part of the discussion that we open up a little bit more in the mailbag because I, I gather that um, Quasimodo is not unlovable in the way that Spike is unlovable. And I mean, using that word kind of like broad, but it seems to me that the parallel has some problematic aspects. So your your mm. hosts are not um, familiar with the text and perhaps we can look into it a bit more, but we'd love to hear from those of you who are familiar with the text and sort of like read out those conversations because I'm curious. Um, okay, so Buffy has the newspaper. Giles has not circled it in red marker. A deep disappointment to me, but six people were found <laughs> dead. On a train. How do we know if they were found dead if it's not circled in red marker? <laughs> exactly. Uh, you know how the Sunnydale News is just very consistently reporting throat trauma? Yes. <laughs> it's so 
ludicrous. <laughs> Do you all. think that there's like, not to get too into the weeds here or the woods, whatever you might want to call them, but like, do you think that there's some of the like Ben glory forgetfulness um, with the general vampiric demonic presence in Sunnydale? Because we get mixed messages. It's like, you know, Sunnydale class of 99, they were aware that Buffy was saving them. And we, you know, we, we get a nod to the fact that people are like kind of aware, but they're kind of not. Um, and so I just wonder, like, are there people in the town who are like, I've been telling these guys for years, there's vampires that just won't listen. And then are there, you know, people who are just like, I don't know, just a coincidence. Like what's happening? I want to know more. <laughs> I get the sense that it's the kind of thing that people are like on a cellular level. They are aware of it, but there's a lot of like willful denial. Right. That's the foundation of living in Sunnydale is you have to like push that awareness down. Oh, no. Is that also like a cornerstone of being a human? <laughs> yeah, probably. Like you can't look too closely at your demons or the demons um surrounding you like because if you if you like really pay attention to them all the time it's too much to bear so you have uh -huh. to like okay wow see i knew you I have to I'd scroll 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 <laughs> <laughs> refresh refresh uh -huh. <laughs> okay great i knew that i shouldn't go too deep there sorry everyone yeah. turning a sharp corner back into a lovely pairing here we are at spike's crypt and dawn has visited her best bud and we find out her crush there's a little crush going in multiple directions here because dawn yeah um has a, has a mini crush on spike um um and spike <clears throat> has found a way to make the initiative look look hot <laughs> er hotter it's, yeah he's definitely he definitely went to um like express men <laughs> and found the like faux military sweater that's like sort of has a more European cut and a finer weave. Right. Uh, and matching pants. Do you think that um, Spike did not um, storyboard, mood boarding? Do you think that he like spent, because like we'll, we'll get to his um, shrine. His but, Buffy board, yeah. But like, do you think there's another corner? Like we saw the Buffy corner, but do you think there's another corner with like a bunch of pictures of Angel and a bunch of pictures of Riley and then like cutouts from magazines of like military sweaters and like basketballs and hair gel. Definitely. <laughs> balls. Balls, Yeah. <laughs> Uh, oh, okay. Um, great. Um, I just want to point out that in this scene, as Dawn is there to just hang out, Spike has a cigarette behind his ear, <laughs> then takes a cigarette pack out of his pocket, <laughs> removes the cigarette, lights it, starts smoking it, and then the camera goes away and comes back and there's no longer a cigarette behind his ear. <laughs> oh, wow. Catching those inconsistencies. Just letting you know. So um, Spike and Dawn are both getting something in this exchange, of course. Um, Dawn is getting company and time with Spike, who she really likes because she says, you know, I mean, I think that she feels a kinship with Spike because he is um, not human and she is you know, I mean, debatable, but Something. essentially not human. And um, and Spike is getting information on the fact that Buffy talks about him sometimes. <laughs> oh, my God. So, what else does Buffy say about me? He yeah. says um, we do a quick cut to Joyce and Buffy where they're like, uh, where's Dawn? And when we get back, I realized, Jenny, that Spike is actually um, hosting my segment, Spooky News, for Dawn. He's fully... <laughs> yeah. 
He is 100% spooky newsing it up. He's telling Don murder tales of yesteryear by candlelight when <laughs> Buffy busts in is like, hey, I need your help. It's interesting how Buffy just consistently goes to Spike mm -hmm. whenever she needs help. Interesting. And oh, wait, Don's already here. Why is Don here? What the fuck? <laughs> so Spike finishes his horror story by being like the, the the you know the story was at a point where he was about to like yank a child out of a coal bin and kill the child, which like uh -huh. I mean maybe consider what you're telling Don, but whatever. Um, but he reframes the story for Buffy, of course, and says, "So of course I found her in the coal bin, and I gave her to a good family <laughs> who never put her in a coal bin again." <laughs> Okay, so great. I would like to play um, a, a, just a short sound clip here of Dawn talking about why she likes Spike, um, following it with the Spike jingle, because I feel like it really sums up how many of us feel about Spike. He's mm. just, he's got cool hair and he wears cool leather coats and stuff. Spike, I love you. Spike, so dreamy. Spike, your trench coat. I mean, right? Like, so why do you like Spike? Well, hair, leather, and stuff, I guess. Yeah, yeah. Cool yeah. guy. Cool Looking guy. Looking cool. Uh, Buffy says, you can't have a crush on something that is dead and evil and a vampire. <laughs> Interesting take, Buffy. Yeah, Dawn doesn't miss a beat on that one. She's like, touche, uh, sister. I believe that is exactly the love that you've had in your life. And then they have... Yeah. This conversation um, about the soul versus the chip, Dawn's opinion is same diff, and Buffy disagrees. Um, I'm sure that this will be a conversation we have um, many times, and I think we've even maybe perhaps even touched on it. But where where are we standing here? Soul versus chip, uh, Jenny? Uh, I mean, I think Buffy is pretty much in the right here. Like... Uh, that is a restraint. Mm -hmm. It's not a foundational change. Mm -hmm. And it's like she says later or somebody says later. No, she does. Buffy says later. Uh, it's like you're a serial killer in prison, which I thought was like a really powerful metaphor um, for. <laughs> and Spike quickly counters by saying women <laughs> marry them all the time. <laughs> True. <laughs> it is true. That is true. Um, but probably not Buffy. But yeah, I think, you know, it does get complicated because if a soul, if without a soul, we are like inherently monsters is like kind of what Angel, but it's, I guess it's not that. It's that Angel is a monster because he's a vampire, but he has a soul. So like if he was a person with a, if you were a person, but you had no soul, then what would you be? Would you be evil or just dead? I don't know. Oh, God. I'm just... Listen, I've been inside for a lot of days. You can tell. Yeah. <laughs> normally, my normally my like commentary is like, Spike's hair, oh, LOL. And now I'm like, what is the meaning of life? <laughs> <laughs> okay, so Dawn sees what we've all seen forever. Um, Spike is totally into you, she says. And Buffy says, huh? Yeah. Typical oblivious Buffy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, in terms of of this kind of stuff, I mean, her well, that's a says. that's a willful not seeing if I've ever oh yeah willfully seen something. Gotta go. Okay, so so, <laughs> <laughs> so Buffy and Xander uh, go down to Sunnydale Depot, and I love this like quick exchange where Xander's like, "So what are we looking for?" And Buffy's like, 
clues. <laughs> great. <laughs> right. Great, 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 great. So they're examining the train allegedly, but what they're really doing is like Buffy is on the fucking slow boat to talking to Xander about Dawn saying that Spike has a crush on her. Did we already? I just want to make sure that I did not hear you say about the tape outlines on the train while I was shuffling through my papers because no, 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 didn't didn't get there yet. <laughs> the tape, the body How? outlines. For those of you working in the um, forensic crime scene field, mm -hmm. could you let us know if people died on a train? If you would outline their bodies in tape could you just let us know yeah thank you yeah i would appreciate that too so right xander and buffy chit chat and don thinks spike's in love with me um and then xander thinks this is hilarious which like i mean it is kind of hilarious e except for it isn't and we'll get there with like willow and joyce later making really good points about how it can get dangerous xander doesn't understand that bit yet if the danger is taken away it is so hysterically funny that spike with a chip in his head is pining after buffy um, but what isn't funny to xander <laughs> is that he is no longer at the top of the ladder for dawn yeah. Don has a crush on Spike, and Xander's like, what about me? Big funny Xander. <laughs> Xander, get it together. You have a beautiful partner who affirms your goodness every day. Why are sure, you still sure, sure, seeking sure, sure. out? It's like a it's like a habit for him at this point. Like it's before you saw like Xander didn't have anybody who was validating him. So he was really seeking in all these places. It's like, man, you've got you've got the validation. Okay. You've got somebody who loves you. She wears beautiful silk pajamas. She just <laughs> she's great. She's perfect. She's fucking Anya. So maybe don't get too bent out of shape about this, but he does. Well. And then we see what we have been missing for so long. A tiny doll tucked away at the top of the train. Wow. Oh, that doll looks familiar. Who could it belong to? I feel like we went in here very specifically looking for clues and nobody looked for this clue. <laughs> nobody looked on top of the shelf. They just looked at the tape outlines. Apparently they didn't look under the seats, above the seats, nothing. So Dude, not I mean, surely detectives. these tape outlines only exist so that Buffy can slump Sit into, into one, one of them. Yeah. <laughs> Which also, isn't there like blood everywhere? <laughs> Shouldn't she not be sitting on a crime scene? Yeah, I don't also, think she cares. Also, why is this crime scene completely unattended? <laughs> right. That's the big question is they literally put down tape and then they were like, I guess that's it. That's what you do, yeah. right? And you leave? Tape. Okay. So, uh, yeah. Job so, well done. okay. We go back to Buffy's house and like two of our favorite duos together as a trio. We get Spike and Dawn and Joyce yucking it the fuck up. They're having the time of their lives. I want to imagine oh, yeah. that they've had hot cocoa before this and that Dawn has given Spike her marshmallows because uh -huh. Spike loves them and Dawn hates them. It's just so cute. Jo uh, Joyce is making the mommiest of all mom jokes and Spike is just hilariously laughing. Uh, <laughs> it's beautiful. It's a beautiful, beautiful scene. Yeah, it's really great. Uh, <laughs> but as soon as Buffy comes in, Spike's like, well, 
Uh, I gotta really gotta talk to Buffy. Uh, Buffy, I have a lead on on who killed all the people on the train. Mm-hmm. And well, Buffy says, "Why don't you hit on Giles? Hit up <laughs> Giles." <laughs> yeah, a little um, Freudian Buffyian uh-huh. slip. Uh, so yeah, and Spike we think is like gonna, I don't know, lead. I mean, when I first watched this episode, cause we already have the doll reveal. I was like, Oh my God, Spike's going to like bring her to Drew. But no, Spike is just bringing her to a nest simply to spend time with her. Uh, Jenny yes. and I just taped a rewatch episode for our patrons um, where we rewatched bad girls. And it was really interesting because Faith also, who was after a date with Spike, used the tactic of a daytime jaunt to a vamp den um, as a means of getting time with her beloved. So I think your your deepest desires just crept up from your subconscious because you said that Faith uh, was trying to get a date with Spike. Oh my God, that is truly. Like, I just want them to hang out. I just, I want them to just like smoke cigarettes together in Uh an alleyway and like talk Uh about life and talk about their like unrequited love for Buffy. Give me that show. Give it to me. I deserve it. I've worked hard, you know? Okay. Listen, Jenny, before we go any further, how about we find out if we have any sponsors? Let's do it. Today's episode is brought to you by Regal Cinemas. If you're anything like me, you deeply enjoy going to the movies. Going to the movies is probably among my top three all-time activities. I love seeing films on the big screen. I also love being around other people who are watching the same movie with me at the same time. And of course, I love eating giant buckets of popcorn. If you feel the same and you like going to the theater, Regal Unlimited is something that just makes sense. Regal Unlimited is the all-you-can-watch movie subscription pass. It pays for itself in two movie visits. You can see any standard 2D movie anytime, no blackout dates, no restrictions. When you want to watch a movie in 4DX or IMAX or RPX or ScreenX, there's so many ways to watch movies these days, your Regal Unlimited membership gets you into those premium experiences at a reduced cost. And with Regal Unlimited, you don't only save money on the tickets, you will also save on your snacks. And as previously mentioned, I love snacks. The only thing that can make me love a snack more is saving money on buying a snack. Members get 10% off of all non-alcoholic concession items with membership. Regal Unlimited, all you can watch movie subscription pass. It pays for itself in two visits. So if you're planning to see two movies this month, join Regal Unlimited and sign up now. You can sign up in the Regal app or on regmovies.com slash unlimited. Sign up for Regal Unlimited using code buffering and earn 10% off your three-month subscription. Please let us know about all of the movies you see and how the popcorn is. Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Bartha. 
That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz and how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts. So now we go to Buffy and Spike in the car, and Spike is like... 20, 20, 24 hours ago, I want to oh be God. sedated, which, oh my God, Jenny, for me, this is really special because as you know, I did a podcast, a short podcast on the journey of my so-called life with Joanna Robinson. And one of the more pivotal moments in the series is when Rayanne sings or tries to sing 20, 20, 24 hours ago, I want to be, and she really, she can't. So it's just like two of my shows, two of my podcasts, and the Ramones have (laughs) entered into both worlds. Uh Um, Uh And I will say that like my crush is Spike, my crush is Rayanne. So there's just some, there's like a diagram to be made here, you know, perhaps of the Venn variety. Uh Uh-huh. Okay. Um, But it's just a circle. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Leather peroxide likes the Ramones, smokes cigarettes, and is bad news bears. (laughs) Right, 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 right. Okay, so we go into the vamp den. They're making some jiffy pop. They're screaming it up. I love that. Yeah, I love that they're making popcorn. And they like jump up when they see Buffy and they're like, Slayer! And you think shit's about to get real, but no, they just run away. They just run away. Spike makes a uh, ho- a bit of a homophobic sort of like, you know, <laughs> Bubby's like, oh, they're just like nesting. And he's like, oh, you mean they're like a couple of poofters is what he says. Um, Spike, come on, man. Get it together with your toxic yeah. masculinity. Stop calling people yeah. poofters. You're better than that. I know you are. Or perhaps uh, you're not. And that's the whole problem. Worth mentioning, he's wearing a ash gray Heather t-shirt. It's almost, he's almost wearing a white fucking t-shirt wow then he opens the door for buffy he opens the fucking door for buffy i know that the like moment of this season with these two is the pat pat on buffy's shoulder but like this is another level he doesn't even like realize he's done it and they are both so embarrassed yeah (laughs) yeah that's the best part they're both so embarrassed (laughs) Buffy's like what is this to you like a fucking date and he's like no uh but do do you want it to be (laughs) (laughs) listen if you've ever had like a crush on your best friend or like a you know that this is like pretty true to form where like you you are just going in for any angle well she's joking but if this could be the opportunity let me take it should I take the opportunity it's not going well and spike goes yeah. full throttle down the truth alley right he's just like it's not so unusual to people in the workplace uh-huh there's something between us buffy makes her oh, prison dear. comment and then he says this is real i love and she's like gotta go <laughs> <laughs> yeah this is uh this does not go the way spike wants um <laughs> so he goes home mm, defeated mm. but who's there in the dark waiting for him it's drusilla a happy memory pretty boy look who's come to make everything right again then drew's like 
previously on Angel, <laughs> Darla was resurrected. Uh, she's human. And then I turned her into a vampire. And now we're trying to drive Angel mad. And I want us to be a family again. <laughs> and it, but this is like a fun, it's almost like a little ad if you weren't watching Angel. Like if you weren't watching Angel and you heard this, you'd be like, uh, perhaps I should tune in. Um, Darla's yeah, right? back. She was a human and now she's a vampire again. The fuck is happening on Angel? Uh, and so perhaps <laughs> it's an it's a little inset for those of you who haven't watched Angel yet or haven't started your rewatch. It's a good season two of Angel is fucking great. Um, and listen, Julie Benz is my personal lord and savior. So I think you should mm, mm-hmm. get on over there if you haven't already, because there's some fun stuff happening on Angel. Yes, yes, yes. So Drew's got a theory. She's got a theory that Spike can overcome his chip. Mm. She says, electricity lies. It tells you you're not a bad dog, but you are. I don't believe in science, she says. <laughs> yeah, it's like, we really were behind Drew for like so much. And then this moment happened. I was like, oh, no. <laughs> Drew, not now, True. especially. Yeah, it's really a bad time for that kind of statement. Um, but yeah, so they're, they're getting all like hot and bothered. And then Harmony comes in and it's like, what the heck is this? <laughs> Yo, Harmony calls Drewzilla Drewzilla, which is just fantastic. Um, and she's Love like, it. basically, she thinks Spike has picked up somebody at a bar for a threesome who looks like Drewzilla. We learned some cool shit about Harmony's um, mm-hmm. guidelines, boundaries on threesomes. It is all they are only allowed to have a threesome if it's boy, boy, girl, which we know that Spike will probably never agree to because he has a lot of masculinity problems, a little homophobia happening in Spike. Um, but his one, his one chance is if he can just get. Charlize Theron, and uh, uh-huh. then Harmony will be super there for that. So, Jenny, I have a couple of things. I'm here. First of all, um, I immediately looked up what Charlize Theron was up to when this episode came out because I thought, like, oh, uh-huh. my God, was this around when Monster came out? Because that's, like, uh-huh. you know. And it wasn't. It was before Monster came out. But she had just been in Cider House Rules. Do you know what her character's name is in Cider House Rules? I do not. Candy Kendall. As in. Oh, my God. God, Harmony and Candy Kendall. I'm just saying. Oh, wow. Isn't that weird? When I found it, I was like, wee-oo, wee-oo, wee-oo. It makes no that sense. There's no, there's nothing here, but it just, I had to share it with everyone. Thank God. I also want to talk about, I cannot remember the episode, but the scene that you described between Drew and Spike, where she, where Drew is essentially like, I know who you are, and and we'll get more into it because really it's Spike starts to believe that he can be um, himself. He starts to sub- remember himself. It reminded me of the Cordy arc where I don't remember when it happens, but somebody calls Cordelia a bitch. It's I think on Angel. Yes, it is. It's on Angel. And Cordelia is like just feeling like down and weak and like she can't make ends meet and whatever. And there's I won't go through the whole thing, but basically a character calls her a bitch. And it's like it reminds her that she's like a powerful bitch. And she's like, mm. thank you for that reminder. Uh, and I feel like that's like <laughs> similar to what's happening here with Drew and Spike. And since Spike is our like resident Cordelia, you know, or like was brought in for that purpose, I thought it was interesting parallel the end of my monologue love it i love that i also love (laughs) (laughs) yeah 
Uh, I love <laughs> Harmony like telling off Drusilla about all the psychic damage <laughs> she's done to Spike mm-hmm. and how Harmony has had to work so hard to to bring down the walls that that uh, Drusilla caused her precious boo-boo to erect. And <laughs> this lean where Drusilla like sort of like leans facing Harmony but spikes behind her uh, and like leans to make eye contact with him and mouth the word boo-boo. <laughs> It's like <laughs> it might be the best Juliet Landau moment in the entire series. It is so it's fucking so funny. She's like, just seriously, dude. <laughs> yeah. And then Harmony calls Drusilla Morticia, which has mm. an extra little layer of tastiness uh, because, as we all know, um, Mercedes McNabb was in yeah. Adam's Family Values yeah. when she was a kid. And, uh, then Spike basically is like, Harm, you gotta go. And she's like, why? Because she's back? And he's like, no, because I am. Uh, yeah, again, and a it's little like, dun, dun, dun. taste of his drama back. Um, yes, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, and this is like a, it's a, this is just sad. I don't like the moment when he throws um, Harmony. It's just shitty. And we'll get, I think, more into it when he's even shittier to Harm later on. But it's stupid. Spike. Ugh. Okay, so Joyce with the classic Did You Lead Him On? Joyce Summers. Madam. With the Buffy blaming. Oh, my God. Um, but they're talking about Spike, um, and Buffy has decided to share this information with Willow and with Joyce. And at first you're kind of like, oh, wow, I'm surprised she shared this with Joyce. But it's like it makes sense because Joyce has developed a friendship with Spike and also because, yeah. as we know, Buffy will wind up putting the ward back on the house. Um, so Joyce really does need to know kind of what's going yeah. on. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, yeah, Willow being Willow is just like, um, danger, danger. This is bad fucking news. This ca- this is not going to like end well because Spike is obsessed and it's only going to yeah, wind if up. If he thinks there's even a sliver of a chance, yeah. there's no telling what he'll do. So you have to 100% shut yeah. it down completely. I kind of thought that she already did that, but... Me too, but if, you know, we need her to go after Spike one more time for the plot. So, yeah. but yeah, and you yeah. cannot be too clear. I mean, I would have maybe chosen to go with like a letter, you know, instead of finding him again in sure. person. Um, but sure, 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 sure. Okay, so, so Spike and Drew go hunting at the bronze and one called feature the of their thank you sorry they go hunting at the rebronze and one <laughs> feature of the remodel is that they've installed about a thousand more lights it's very well lit mm. for two vampires to go hunting it's so <laughs> well lit at first when they went upstairs i thought that they were going to make out with that couple first didn't you think mm. it just seemed like that would be the play like that they would like you know be like do you want to make out with us do little swapsies and then they would kill them but i guess you know it's a 40 minute episode of television you can only include so much so this is a band called devix i believe and the song that they're singing is called key which i think is really funny since that's the ah. whole, yeah and it's also very like thematic the um you know the the lyrics in this song are really underscoring <laughs> spike and his newfound um love of himself and the spike that he was <laughs> with drew and all of this stuff so Drew snaps the necks of these two lovers and sort of like a like a mama bird to her baby bird feeds Spike. This is really sad because you do see and this is where it's confusing. 
And this is where the show will continue, I think, to be confusing. Because if we are to believe that Spike is a, is a monster, right? He is a, he is a vampire at heart. And the only thing he cannot do is kill. Um, and he is also, like, he, he was obsessed with Buffy, so that is a motivation. But that's not what we see in James Marsters here. We see, like, genuine hesitation. Um, and I, I just want to put a pin in it because I think that that is confusing. That is what makes me say, like does he want to be bad or is it like, you know, him trying to heal pain? It like gives a humanity to this struggle that I think is confusing. Yeah. And Hey, is watching somebody who doesn't have a soul um, and who's own, like his ideal and like kind of main food source is human blood mm. watching him kind of like struggle with this. Is that a greater struggle then somebody with a soul being mm -hmm. like, whoa, obviously I shouldn't murder someone because that will feel bad. Unless yeah. Like yeah. Um, it's interesting. All right. Uh, Buffy gets to Spike's house and. Oh, God, it's your worst nightmare. It's oh. a wall of photos and sketches of you and a mannequin wearing your sweater. Ah. <laughs> Listen, OK, here's a thing. I would like for you to let us know who you think is a better sketcher. Um, if I can, Ooh. I am going to get some screen grabs of Angel's renderings of Buffy in charcoal and Spike's renderings of Buffy in charcoal. I also, part oh of God. me thinks that Spike just straight up ripped off Angel's collection and like some of these are actually Angel's, but I just want to know <laughs> who's the better obsessive artist, Spike or Angel? Great question. A question for the ages. Um, so this is upsetting for our buff, uh, yeah, as it she would is be. shook. Yeah. So she starts climbing up the ladder from mm. the nether regions of also, Spike's crypt. I just want to point out that there's like full skulls down there. And so I want to know like when Spike was a vamp and like vamps in general, like, do you think that they keep like some skulls like from their victims as just like decor? I think they're just like, were skulls around like this. This Cause is it's a, a crypt. Yeah, exactly. And okay. he was like, oh, I could use these. <laughs> I could put a candle in. Let me just defile one of these remains. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> okay, a candle so sorry. On top of the skull. Yeah, Spike uh, and Drew are here. Yeah, and they, uh, they cattle prod the shit out of Buffy and then plot twist, Spike cattle prods Drew. Wow. What does it all mean? It, they wake we up. Okay. <laughs> It Sorry. means we're going to go to the basement of Reptile Boy because it is literally the yeah. same chains, right, that we saw now, Buffy and Cordy in. Yeah, so Drew is tied to a pole, mm -hmm. but Buffy is just in some wrist shackles, which is interesting because this is like Spike's living area. So we can infer mm. perhaps that those have seen some other types of use. Those were like there now. for Charlize Theron. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. And also Spike does a horrible job of tying up Drew and chaining up. Like these are not restraints that are meant, which I think supports your Charlize Theron um, sex play theory. These right, are, right, these are right. not restraints that are meant to actually restrain, these especially us. serious shackles. Right. These are for play. So, <laughs> um, right. Everyone is tied up and drew is just having so like just wonderful wonderful drew moments where she's like <laughs> this is cheating you've taken my chair and the music hasn't stopped <laughs> <laughs> 
woman. And then I think that we should give a moment for Spike's monologue or line or two to Buffy where he's confessing his feelings. I love you. <laughs> You're all I bloody think about. Dream about. You're in my gut. My throat. I'm drowning in you, Summers. I'm drowning in you. Yes, Drew thinks this is as funny as Xander thinks it is. <laughs> Maybe they should get together. I mean, well, and Drew, Drew really has access to laugh at this freely because she doesn't give a shit if it's dangerous. To her, it is just straight yeah. up funny. Um, and I think that also is a is a testament to as much as Drew loves uh, or loved Spike, Drew's motivation here was to bring together the family. It, it is clear to me from the way that Drew handles the rest of this that she has really moved on from Spike. You know, she loves mm. him. They have a long history. But like she's not like, oh, no, my heart. She's kind of like, I fucking knew you loved her. I knew it. I told you a million years ago. You're so ridiculous. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's just I, I just like this. I like when Jenny and I were talking about the song for this week I was like so this whole thing with like harm hasn't even arrived yet but with the three of them Harmony, Drew, and Buffy, despite the fact that, like, Drew wants to kill Buffy, Buffy wants to kill Drew, nobody really cares about Harmony. It is kind of like a throw to when women find out that they are all involved in, like, one shitty dude's bullshit, and they all come together to be like, fuck you. (laughs) (laughs) And I love it. And so uh, Spike announces his situation here, which is that He's going to kill Drusilla for Buffy unless she refuses to admit that there's something between them, in which case he'll untie Drew and let her kill Buffy. Oh, God, which is is just, yeah. I mean, and this is, again, a deep underline under obsession, not love, because... Oh, sure. Anyone in their um, right mind would know that if you are getting a declaration of love from someone under duress, that is not a valid yeah. declaration. And and Buffy, this too. Reminds her- me, yeah. This reminds me of um, the baby and King Solomon mm. or something oh, from do you the wanna, Bible. What do you, Let me tell you a story. What do you think happens in two- that story? <laughs> <laughs> two people claimed a baby and they were like it's my baby and the other person was like no it's mine and they were like let's take this before king solomon and maybe somebody else Uh i'm so confused about what happens but basically the king is like this is actually insane i think the king uh is a little trickster and he's like okay we'll just you both have a claim on the baby we'll cut it in half and one of the people is like no and the other person is like okay why would anybody (laughs) and that's how king solomon i think tells who the real parent is but why would anyone ever be like, sure, I'll take half a baby. That's good enough for me. There's Seems probably fair. a reason, right? I don't know. Tell us at bufferingthevampires at gmail.com. I actually don't Is know. Is this another example of vampires throughout history uh, maybe, hidden in plain sight? Maybe the, baby, maybe the baby had like value of some kind where like the shitty person who wanted the baby just for the value would have gotten some of the value from the baby's half of the baby. I don't know. Oh, <laughs> oh, oh. Um, okay. There's this great exchange um, where Buffy is like, you can't love without a soul. 
And Drew is like, we can, you Au know. Contraire. Yeah, we can love well, if not wisely, which is a play on a line from Othello, um, who loved not wisely, but too well. Uh, and we know how mm. Joss Whedon feels about Shakespeare. So that's a fun mm-hmm. little little nod. Uh, yep, yep, little yep. nod fellow. <laughs> uh, oh, my God. I'm good. <laughs> Help. There's also a really fun word play, if you can call it that, where, um, you know, Spike, truthfully, is like, don't fucking mock this. Like, Drew is the face of my salvation, blah, 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 blah. But when he says don't mock this, she says go mock yourself, which is fun. <laughs> and, yeah, Buffy, to her credit, does not – because she could have just said, like, Spike, I love you, and then been released and fucking killed everybody. And but then instead, kicked his ass, yeah. Right. She doesn't. She says, I would literally not even give you fucking that. The only chance you had was when I was unconscious. Um, and Yeah. And it makes Spike really mad, but I found it really interesting, um, like, what he was talking about in his rage, because he, he is, like, self-aware in the rage, saying, like, I know it's wrong. I know it's not right. I just can't get it out of my head. Um, and so interesting. I, yeah, I thought that that was, like, at least he's not, like, this is real. This is perfect. Like, it, there is some part of him that obviously is aware of the fact that this is not um, the way that things are supposed to be. And the chip has prevented him from killing and I think is, like, sort of short-circuiting so many of his other desires and wants and needs. And so mm. that's interesting, too. Yeah. And once Buffy's like, nah, he, like, starts screaming into the heavens, uh, wondering <laughs> what the bleeding hell is wrong with you bloody women. Uh, interesting. Interesting. <laughs> yeah, isn't it? The patriarchy! <laughs> He's unraveling uh, pretty quickly here, and then, oh my god, Harmony crossbows the shit out of him Yo, in a she fuzzy maroon vest. Yes. Oh, my God. The vest, that just reminded me, we literally have gotten all the way to Harm's vest without hearing from our dear, dear Kate Leth. So why don't we take a moment before we get to the end here and hear all that Kate has to say about Crush. It's time for our friend Kate to give you the Buffy fashion update. Welcome back, everyone, to Buffy Fashion Watch in these strange, strange times we live in. Now, when I sat down to watch, uh, take notes on, and then record this episode, I kept thinking to myself, wow, I have no brain right now. Does this matter? Is there a point to this? And then I watched the episode and thought, this is an incredible distraction and Thank the gods, there is so much good fashion in this episode that I could talk about it for an hour. And I won't, but I am going to list everything that happens in this episode on people's bodies in a not creepy way, maybe a little bit creepy, uh, that is incredible. This episode opens with a series of absolute slam dunks. Uh, We get Anya's glittery, sparkly, sequined halter dress, which shows up in the title sequence. That's how good it is. Uh, Willow and Tara wearing incredibly Willow and Tara outfits. And Buffy in pleather or leather or vinyl. I I really can't tell because of the lighting. Pants. And this uh, sheer designed top with only the boob part blacked out. That is great, uh, but nothing compares to Spike in a black t-shirt, buttoned down, and regular length brown instead of black leather jacket because he's trying to look nice to see Buffy at the bronze. It's amazing. And 
the episode continues with hit after hit. I've probably even missed things. Uh, Willow and Tara are so Willow and Tara core in this. When we see them walking through college, like, I couldn't even take notes. Willow's patchwork situation, her handmade messenger bag, and is it crocheted jacket? And, And Tara's shirt with it, is it a griffin? I don't even know. The diagram thing that's going on with the leopard print sleeves is just unreal. So, you know, all I can really say about them is... Oh, well, also, God, who could ignore Willow's felted, embroidered puppy dog sweater with a blue ribbon on it for some reason and a pink velour scarf? Honestly, the scarf game in this episode is is off the charts. Drusilla's, oh my God, Drusilla, Drusilla. Hmm. Sorry, I'm getting ahead of myself. Uh, I should go back to the fact that a Harmony cosplays as Buffy in this episode in her blue cashmere sweater. As we all know, my affection for Buffy in baby blue knows no bounds, so this was really perfect. Although I do have to say, the khaki stretchy pants are, are definitely something Buffy's worn, but if she really wanted to go authentic, pleather would have been where it's at. You know, obviously, this is an episode with Spike's many crushes and many feelings. So yes, obviously, Drusilla, she's back. She's incredible. She's tied in with Angel with a plotline I can barely remember. But she shows up in this brocaded bodice talking about how science isn't real. Bless her heart. Her non-beating, perfect little heart. And this long, rose-patterned black skirt with this, again, like, beaded scarf. She is unbeatable. Every single scene had something where I was writing down, like, what, what, what is this? Buffy has a shiny copper trench coat. She's got an unhemmed sheepskin wrap jacket. She's got a burgundy, what looks like crushed velvet jacket, or I guess more dark purple. I was thinking burgundy because Harmony has a fuzzy burgundy vest she wears at one point with a crop top and lace-up front bell bottoms. The hits just start and they don't stop coming. Honestly, even though I had been taking frantic notes and was so delighted, I knew the episode was a pinnacle of fashion when I wrote down, is Buffy wearing a negligee to investigate a mass murder? <laughs> and she's not. It's it's just a shirt that looks like a negligee, although we do see harmony in a negligee. But that's the kind of episode that it is. It, it really is top tier. Even for Spike, you know, we, we get him in his his date outfit at the bronze, but then we also get him in his Riley outfit. I have to believe it's a Riley outfit because it's this sort of knit sweater crew neck thing with cargo pants. Spike wears cargo pants. The pockets are subtle, but they are there. Everybody else is looking great. Joyce is looking great. Giles is looking great. Dawn is cute and adorable in her little blue denim jacket. Xander's looks nice. Again, I love this season how he sort of transitions into wearing decent sweaters. He doesn't look like a million dollars, but he looks like a couple hundred, and and that's nice. And at the end of the day, like I'm saying, I was glad for the distraction. It's a really weird time right now. I don't know exactly when this episode's going to be released, but I don't think everything in the world is going to be fixed and happy ended by then. I just gotta say, I really hope everybody's doing okay. I see a lot of the, you know, wash your hands, be careful outside, keep your social distance six feet apart, the same sort of advice. And it's all really good advice, but it's not all that simple. And I, I know that it isn't for me, and I know that it probably isn't for a lot of you. A lot of you are stuck in your houses, maybe with family that you don't get along with or with people you do get along with. But when you see the same person 24 hours a day, it can get rough. Or maybe you're by yourself, and that's really rough too. So... 
from across the internet, from a relative stranger to you, it's going to be okay. And it's not going to be 100% okay. And it's not going to be easy. And it's not going to be fast. But it will be. And I and, and Kristen and Jenny and I think everyone involved in this podcast who have created this incredible community of support and love, I think that's a really good thing. And so when I sat down and thought, you know, what is the point of this? Does it really matter? It does. It does. I think it does. And it, it matters to me. And I know that it matters to a lot of you. So be safe out there. Take care of yourselves physically and, and mentally. Whatever you need to do. I care about you. We care about you. And if watching Buffy and observing Anya's sparkly pink halter dress <laughs> makes things a little better for a couple of minutes, then I'm really glad. Until next time, I better not fucking see you at the mall. Stay home. <laughs> I love you. That was our friend Kate. She gave you the Buffy fashion update. Thank you, Kate the face of our salvation. <laughs> wow, nice Jenny. Yes, thank uh, you for Kate. for pointing out what a great escape Buffy is. What a what a soothing balm in these mm -hmm. troubled times. Yes. Uh, this show can be on our hearts. We're all oh my god, how thankful are you that you can just dive into Buffy because it's been very exciting for me over here. Yeah, very very thankful. Also, um I'm staying with my parents right now and um I'm in upstate New York and the name of a very famous theme park here in upstate New York is The Great Escape, so that made me think. Ah! <laughs> I made me think of that. Anyway, thank you Kate. Um always lovely to have your voice inside of our ears. Um Harmony, so Harmony has nailed the crossbow and this is like fun because the last time <laughs> the last time we saw Harmony with the crossbow, she was literally just like misfiring all over the fucking place um during <laughs> Spike's fake chip removal. Um so it's nice to know that she's grown. Um again, mm -hmm. Harmony is like queen of self-growth, you know? Mm, yes. I gave you the best bunch of months of my life, she says. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, let this be a lesson, y'all. You can't change your partner. Oh, uh, yeah, you can't. Now I see it's you. I'm not the dog. You're the dog. Um, nice. Drew gets out of her fucking ropes during this kerfluffle, fights oh, Buffy, boy. but Buffy rips out of her chains. Um, oh, no, she doesn't. I'm sorry. Spike, that's she does a little gymnast uh, fight choreography and then spike and that's pivotal spike undoes her chains um yeah very different from her breaking out of them so maybe those were um in industry strength chains after yeah all. yeah <laughs> <laughs> um okay love harmony twisting the arrow that's sticking out of spike yeah and they all have different responses but essentially the same end um drew is just like you are pathetic like she says even i can't help you now like you're yeah. fucking done man and then I know we've done we've done like a good amount of sound clips in this episode, but Crush is like a real special one. And I would love to just get to listen together with you to Harmony's exiting monologue because it's just if you you can't get any more harm than this. Oh, Spikey. And you can say goodbye to this because you're not going to see it anymore. Unless you run into me somewhere and it's me walking away from you. But even then, I'll probably just, you know, back away. That's right, Harmony. Yeah, you tell him, Harm. Um, and then Buffy's response is just to punch Spike across the crypt. 
<laughs> into, if I'm not mistaken, his little um, shrine. Yeah, we all have our ways of dealing with shitty dudes, and they have they have illustrated three right here for us. Um, our yep, trio yep, of ladies, yep. super options. super here for it. Um, saying trio of ladies, Jenny made me um, think about sexual tension, of course, because I'm a person. So, um, right? how about we go over? to our Sexual Tension Awards. Let's hit it. Another episode, another set of very compelling couplings and throuplings mm-hmm. here on the pod. Um, <laughs> first up for your... If you want to correct the mistake you made last week by not voting for Joyce and Giles, you're welcome. <laughs> To do it for this episode, they have that very uh, fun moment at the top. They sure do. And they have all of that screen time not shown, which is what I, where my eyebrows yeah, raise. Yeah, who knows what's going on yeah. there. Dawn falls asleep, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? When the key uh, is away, the parents will play. Oh, God. <laughs> uh, in the second slot, we've got Spike and Are You Ready for Role Play Harmony. <laughs> I'm gonna stake you. I'm gonna stake you so much. I'm gonna slay you. Great. Uh, in slot three, Spike continues. Uh, but this time we've got him paired with Drusilla, his, I mean, let's be real, probably his OTP, his, his uh, yeah. the love of his life. I mean, think um, back to that back. moment when Spike's bloody fingers went into Drusilla's mouth. Excuse me. I'm just saying they have a lot of tension. If you're into okay. bloody tension, you got it with these two. Yeah, 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 yeah. And then in slot number four, <clears throat> uh, wouldn't be it wouldn't be right to not have at least one thruple in the running here. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. If you'd like, you can cast your vote for Harmony and Spike, and Charlize Theron. Yeah, and I, Jenny picked the order here and has her, re- her reasons, but I would like to imagine that the actual order here would be um, harmony in the middle um, of Spike <laughs> and Charlize Theron. Oh. So, you know. The nice thing about a thruple is mm. nobody has to be in the middle. You can have an equilateral triangle that's, of human slash undead bodies. <laughs> There are your nominees. Follow us over on Twitter at BufferingCast. The poll goes up today, stays up for a week, and you tell us who you think had the most sexual tension. Please. Well, Jenny. Okay, all we have left is for Spike to follow Buffy home, mm. trying to convince he's just... Talking, 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 mm-hmm. trying to convince her that uh, she should give this some more thought and telling her that he can't just be shut out. But actually, <laughs> oh, yeah. au contraire, my dude, you have been literally shut out and disinvited from the summer's home. Fuck yeah. And like this is I'm not going to go too far with this, but I do think that this discussion of firm boundaries and at literal boundaries are really important because this is not a healthy relationship it's one that is dangerous and could get violent i mean you know it is a vampire show so it has already gotten violent but if we're just taking it on the love 
obsession train. Um, Buffy is drawing very firm, very clear lines um, and also very literal lines around what Spike is able to do. And I think that's very powerful and very important. Um, Well advised Mm -hmm, by mm -hmm. Willow, um, supported by the Scoobies here. And it's hard because we have, you know, like the Scoobies, sort of like let Spike into our hearts in the many ways. Um, and so there's a part, I think, of so many of us viewing this who are like, ooh, like it hurts, you know, it does hurt um, to see him realize that that ward has been put, put back up. But um, ultimately, I think the lesson is a really important one. And I guess mm-hmm. we will just see where this goes. Indeed, we shall. Oh, boy. Ooh. Well, <laughs> what an ep. What an ep that we are yeah. now at the end of. Mm-hmm. Great, fun, having a blast. Uh, I'd shelter in place with this episode any day. Yeah, same. Oh, my gosh. We hope that you're all staying safe out there. Um, mm-hmm. We're so, again, not to repeat ourselves too much, but it is such a delight to be able to talk about like Harmony having a threesome with Charlize Theron in a yeah. time when we have a lot of other things on our <laughs> mind. So um, thank you for, for being here with us. And this yeah. is a pivotal episode. I mean, we we are really, whoo, we are into season five. Holy shit. Yeah, we it are. is fucking not going to stop. happening. Woo. Yeah. Anyway, Jenny, so, in, apart from inside of your home, where can people find you? Dear beautiful friends, I'm Jenny Owen Youngs, and when I'm not watching Buffy or trapped inside my home by state order, I'm usually writing and recording songs. You can learn more about me and hear some of those songs at JennyOwenYoungs.com. You can give me a shout on Twitter. You can check out my new EP, Night Shift, on all streaming platforms. Mm. And uh, you can listen to me talk about another petite blonde protagonist on my other podcast, Veronica Mars Investigations. Hell yeah. A wonderful time to consider supporting musicians that you love. And as a matter of fact, since so many have been impacted by everything that's going on, I know so many people in so many fields have been impacted. Um, We told you at the Mm -hmm. top about the efforts that we are putting in place here to do our part. Um, My name is Kristen Russo. And when I'm not living with my parents in upstate New York, <laughs> I can be found uh, also doing a special Patreon podcast on the Storms Patreon and on our Buffering Patreon, where I am watching all of the films I have never seen. Lord of the Rings, Indiana Jones, The Fast and the Furious, Bond. The list goes on and on and on, and we're having a great time doing it. So um, you can check that out. Um, you can also check out the work that I do with LG. LGBTQ communities. Um, my website is kristinnoline.com. That's K-R-I-S-T-I-N-N-O-E-L-I-N-E. You can also use that spelling to find me on Twitter and on Instagram and maybe even on Facebook. Who knows? I don't really use Facebook too much. Huh. <laughs> uh, buffering the Vampire Slayers on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at BufferingCast. You could drop us an email at BufferingTheVampireSlayer at gmail.com or leave us a voicemail at 21630-BUFFY. Hell yeah. And now is a great time to send us the emails that you have been waiting to send, uh, voicemails that you've been waiting to leave because we will be doing um, a mailbag episode uh, in the main feed very soon. So send us all your thoughts. Send us all your thoughts on Buffy. 
Because I really like to talk about her. Uh Uh, You can support this beautiful natural talent, Kristen Russo and uh, Jenny Owen Youngs, doing doing a great job as well. Uh, (laughs) And our work here by um, joining our Patreon. A great time, if you can, to join our Patreon because with everything that's going on, it has become full of just so many delights. Uh, Jenny is about to do a, a live hang talking about Xena warrior princess. Uh, Hell yeah. We have a book club. We have, we just did a rewatch of bad girls from season three. So you can hear us talk about that from the vantage point of season five, which is fun. Um, a lot going on there and it helps us, um, you know, live and do the work. So, uh, you can find yes. that at, uh, patreon.com slash buffering cast, or just go to our website, buffering the vampire slayer.com and click on patreon our store is also still open we are selling a uh, shirt over there we told you about in the intro but um we're selling a shirt there where all the proceeds are collecting into a little fund where we redistribute that to our scoobies who have lost their jobs who need help with groceries um all of that information can be found at buffering the vampire slayer.com slash just keep fighting hell yeah and till next time Ah, You've been wrapped in a fantasy Your brain twisting reality Dreaming might have a shot with me please you think you are in love with me i think you don't know what that means plus ick stay the hell away from me please i wouldn't even stake you with a 17 foot pole what makes you think that you could take me
I'm feeling mutually but sick is all I can really feel That's right, not if you, you were the last dead man living Not if you, you were the last dead man on earth Not if you, you were the last dead man living Not if you, you were the last dead man on earth Not if you, you were the last dead man on earth. Attention, fans of fairy tales that are magical, hilarious, and grim. The award-winning Pinna original podcast Grim, Grimmer, Grimmest has new episodes out now. While you've probably heard of the Brothers Grimm, you've never heard these tales told in quite this way. I'm Adam Gidwitz, best-selling and Newbery Honor author of Books for Children, and in Grim, Grimmer, Grimmest, I share the real, weird, grim fairy tales with real, weird, hilarious kids. In each episode, you not only get to hear a story, but you also get to enjoy this group guessing what'll happen next, cracking jokes, and sharing their own perspectives on the tales. Also, heckling me. They love to heckle me. The episodes are rated on a scale from grim to grimmer to grimmest, so there's always a great variety of tales to explore with your family. You can listen to Grim, Grimmer, Grimmest now wherever you get your podcasts. And be sure to follow the show so you don't miss new episodes. <laughs>